Did you miss Canty and Carlin? This is Canty and Carlin. We have an update on the rejoin that you just heard. Straight from the mouth of Chris Canty. He's all good with blue plate. (laughs) Things have smoothed over. He is ready to go for his wedding this weekend. We are wishing him all the best. Canty and Carlin's on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. So Chris Canty is busy trying to get married. That's why we are here. Amber Wilson and Drew Carter hanging out with you. You can give us a call. 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776. Join the conversation on the CC call in line. You can also tweet to us at Droodle25 at Amber W Sports. The big breaking news out of today, Drew, is that apparently the Brooklyn Nets aren't going to look much different this upcoming season. Everyone has made up. They're letting bygones be bygones. At least that is according to the general manager of the Brooklyn Nets, Sean Marks, who released a statement along with Kevin Durant, a joint statement supposedly, even though it really just sounds like a statement from Sean Marks, honestly. But here's the (laughs) statement. The statement reads, Coach Steve Nash and I, together with Joe Sy and Clara Wusai, met with Kevin Durant and Rich Kleinman in Los Angeles yesterday. We have agreed to move forward with our partnership. We are focusing on basketball with one collective goal in mind, build a lasting franchise to bring a championship to Brooklyn. Now notice the beginning of that statement that I read said Coach Steve Nash and I. He mentioned Steve Nash off the top. That, of course, comes on the heels of the news that Kevin Durant had met with Josai and had said, hey, it's either me or him in regards to both Steve Nash and Sean Marks. Quentin Richardson, he's the co-host of the Knuckleheads podcast. He was on Barton Hahn earlier today, and he discussed Steve Nash's outlook this season. I feel like this is going to be his first opportunity. You know, if everybody stays healthy and everybody's available, this will be his first true year where he gets a chance to to see what type of coach he is, where he doesn't have a million things going on drama-wise in the background and guys in or out of the lineup and all of these different things. So I think, you know, this will be, you know, his first true test to see, you know, how great or whatever he can be where he has, a you know, his full team and he's not – looking for this or waiting for that to happen and, you know, waiting for all of these cars to fall, I think this will be a good picture of what he is. To Quentin Richardson's point there, Drew, Steve Nash kind of got a little bit of a pass for last season because there were some bad coaching decisions that happened last season. The Brooklyn Nets got swept, swept in the first round of the NBA playoffs. When you have two superstars on that team, one of those superstars being a generational type player in Kevin Durant, and none of that heat really fell on Steve Nash because of all the drama that happened the entire season long. Yeah, and I think a good comp here for Steve Nash potentially is the coach of your favorite team, your beloved Miami Heat. Remember when Eric Spolstra was like kind of on the hot seat halfway through the first year of the big three, LeBron, D-Wade, and Chris Bosh. You mean when Bosch. LeBron tried to get Eric Spolstra fired? When he bumped That's him exactly on the way off the did. floor. Yes, yeah, he tried to get Spo fired. Riley said, nah, I run this organization, That's and the right. rest is history. I actually think that was the last time, Amber, that an owner or an executive has actually played bully ball with their best player. I mean, we're in this NBA player empowerment era and it's surprising to see Joe Sy look at Kevin Durant and say, actually, no, you're under contract. We are not going to bend over backwards to make you happy. Same thing Pat Riley did in Miami. How'd that work out? Eric Spolstra is maybe the best coach in the NBA and has been for seven or eight years. So Steve Nash, you know, I think Kevin Durant might do well to have a little bit of patience with this guy. I understand that 
He's in his mid-30s now. He'll be 34 next month. But it seems to me like you handpicked this guy for a reason. It seemed like their relationship in Golden State, when Nash was on the staff out there, was awesome. And maybe Steve Nash deserves a couple extra years to see if they can figure it out. Now, I know Brooklyn has championship aspirations, had them last year. Steve Nash didn't do his job. But if you're Kevin Durant, you don't have a whole lot of leverage in this situation to say, get rid of this guy, and that's not going to change this year. Well, here's the problem, is that Steve Nash doesn't have, I don't think, a whole lot of time to be patient and to try to develop this team into a real championship team. Because when you have Kevin Durant on your roster and you have Kyrie Irving on your roster, the expectation is championship. Not even to mention a former overall number one overall pick in Ben Simmons, who apparently is going to be playing, or at least we think is going to be available to play this upcoming season. When you have those kinds of names on this roster, then the expectation is you deliver a championship immediately. That Spo reference was a good one. The difference there, though, though, is that Spo was already the coach of that team before LeBron came to that team. And LeBron chose to come to this team and obviously thought that he could flex some authority during his first year there when it wasn't going according to plan. It ended up not working. It ended up being a good decision, though, on the part of the organization. But the organization already had reason to buy into Eric Spolstra because he had been on that staff. I mean, heck, he was in the video room for decades before that. He had been on that staff under Riley forever. So they had that familiarity with one another and Riley had every reason to know and believe that Eric Spolstra was going to be that dude in the future. Whereas with here with Steve Nash, None of us have any idea whether Steve Nash is going to be a good coach, Drew. And I think that's the problem is that, yes, he got a bit of a pass for last season. There was a lot of bad coaching decisions, though, that happened last season as well. They were overshadowed by the drama with Kyrie Irving and with James Harden. It's not going to get overshadowed this season. And Steve Nash has to deliver at least a good run at a championship, I think, in order to keep his job this season because the names on that roster are just too big, the expectations are just too high, and I don't think Kyrie's going to be on this roster after this season. Maybe KD will try to force his way out again. Maybe it'll work if there's only three years <laughs> left on the deal instead of four. Yeah, he might just continue to try to force his way out of Brooklyn. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I think if he doesn't deliver the results this year, he's probably gone. But again, in his defense, I mean, you said he was overshadowed by the drama from a criticism perspective. I think that makes it pretty hard to coach the team. I mean, a huge portion of being a coach of an NBA team is managing the personalities. Think about the personalities he was dealing with last year. A Kevin Durant who has already said he wants to leave, who is on his third NBA team and wants to be on a fourth. A Kyrie Irving who couldn't play for the first part of last season and then was a part-time player and then became a full-time player. He also wants to leave. He's never gruntled. He's always gruntled. Or he's always disgruntled. And then Ben Simmons, a guy who also couldn't play with a mystery illness or injury or What was it? We don't know. So Steve Nash didn't have an easy job last year. Yes, the team is uber talented, but trying to juggle all those personalities, that was pretty tough for him. I think think he deserves another chance. Maybe deserves is the wrong word, but we might be a little quick 
to put this guy on the hot seat, put him on the chopping block after just a couple years. See, I think that's why he was such a bad hire to begin with. I have no idea. Maybe Steve Nash will end up being a fabulous coach one day, but it's those personalities that you mentioned. I think maybe the most underrated job in the entire NBA is coaching super, super, superstars, right? Coaching the best players in the league. Everybody thinks they can do it, and it is not an easy thing to do. And I think that that is exactly the job that Steve Nash walked into with a younger roster, with a different roster, with names that aren't names like Kevin Durant or personalities like Kyrie Irving, then maybe he would be the guy for the job. But to bring in a coach, a first-time head coach without the experience with those guys on the roster, that is why I have always questioned that hire. Coming up next here on Canty and Carlin with Amber Wilson and Drew Carter filling in for the guys. The Patriots are having joint practice with their former OC and, well, reportedly... It ain't purdy. We're going to get into what that means for the Pats up in New England next. This is Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Their trouble in New England. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Drew Carter filling in for the guys. Canty and Carlin's presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your car, home, motorcycle, commercial, auto, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. So there has been drama around the New England Patriots during this preseason. particularly, Drew, when it comes to that uh, lack of coordinators and who's doing the play calling on offense for this team. Well, now we're getting the reports of how ugly this offense looks in training camp and even at this point, halfway through the preseason. According to Andrew Callahan, who covers the Patriots for the Boston Herald, the Patriots had their most troublesome offensive practice of the summer. Mac Jones was 7 of 17 after his two-minute drill ended in an interception. Also, two drops by a couple of his key guys. What do you make of these reports, Drew? Uh, It's not a concern for me, Amber. It's a nightmare. If I'm a Patriots fan, I'm freaking out. The sky is falling. Think about what you just said. We don't know who's coordinating the offense. As far as we know, it's Matt Patricia and Joe Judge? Are we serious? Like, what are we doing? I know Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time and knows a lot better than we do. But how is that the answer in in terms of who's calling the plays on your offense? Once Josh McDaniels leave, you are, leaves, you are allowed to bring in a real offensive coordinator, not a defensive guy and a special teams guy who both came back after failing 
as head coaches. I don't think Mac Jones, as much as I love him, is good enough to make up for a lack of talent at the skill positions, a bad offensive line, and no leadership on the offensive side. This is a huge issue, I think, for New England. I mean, if we were, if we think back to why Brady left this team, some of it was a lack of talent at those skill positions, right? And he was seeing himself aging, and he's in his 40s, and he's like, what am I doing if they're not going to put the pieces around me? And that was the greatest. And he felt like, hey, I need more help around me maybe than this Patriots team had been willing to give me in the past. Now you're asking that from a sophomore quarterback. And yeah, Mac Jones had a great rookie season by all accounts, ends up in a Pro Bowl, but can that keep up? Now he doesn't have Josh McDaniels doing in his ear and I'm with you I think that that actually matters and I know Matt Patricia people want to throw out oh they're fine because Matt Patricia was an offensive assistant like 25 years ago so clearly he's got offensive experience too and obviously we know both these guys dabbled with the offense when they were head coaches but the reality is that you can't just invent an OC out of guys that have more familiarity and are better suited to be your DC and I think that this is Bill Belichick Drew once again just trying to be the smartest person in the room because I think he used to always be the smartest person in the room and he was smarter than us, right? And that's why he always made it so obvious to us that we didn't know what was going on there in New England. I just don't know if now he's trying to outsmart himself and when it looks a lot different when you don't have number 12 under center anymore when you're trying to play these kind of games. I'm not sure that this is just like a media thing or if this is reality that there's genuine concerns there with that Patriots offense. No doubt. And it's easy to be the smartest guy in the room when Tom Brady is your quarterback. Mm -hmm. Go back. I mean, again, don't want to make this about Brady versus Belichick, who is more important, but it's hard to say at this point that it wasn't Brady after after what he did in Tampa winning a Super Bowl. And this offensive stuff, really concerning because, like you said, Amber, this skill position thing has been an issue for a long time, going back to Brady. That's one of the reasons why he left New England. Think about the guys we just said. Aguilar, drop. The most famous thing that guy has done in his NFL career is being the subject of a viral video when the guy said, I was catching babies from a burning building, unlike Aguilar. Like, that's the most significant moment of Nelson Aguilar's NFL career. And then Jacoby Myers, really solid player, but never scores touchdowns and is never going to catch a pass probably more than 20 yards from the line of scrimmage. By the way, from a quarterback in Mac Jones, who's not going to burn you vertically or with his legs. Feels like a pretty one-dimensional guy. In a great offensive system, like he had at Alabama, with great talent around him, like he had with a Heisman Trophy winning wide receiver, Yeah, Mac Jones is totally fine, but it seems here that they're asking him to do way too much, and the the thing with no offensive coordinator is just mind-blowing to me, and I don't know how you can have any confidence right now as a Patriots fan if Patricia and Judge are running the show on that side. And it's not just that, right? Like, they lost two starters on that O-line, both guards. I know people think Devontae Parker is this big addition to that wide receiver room. I have a slightly different opinion about that as a Miami Dolphins fan. James White coming back. I know people make a big deal out of that. But I think ultimately, I wonder if one of the reasons that we haven't seen all these starters during the preseason is that Bill has been hiding it a little bit from us because he probably doesn't want all these reports circulating out there, which they are now because, of course, this is what happens with training camp. So I don't want to overreact 
to training camp fodder. Yes, it's easy to say, hey, there's a couple there's a couple drops here and there and whatever and make a big deal out of them. But it seems like there could actually be an issue here for the New England Patriots. Sam Ancho, ESPN's football analyst, was on Get Up. He discussed if he thinks the Pats can make the playoffs. I trust Bill Belichick more. That's kind of my thing. And so even last year, rookie quarterback, what's going to happen? No Tom Brady. What, what are we going to do? They still made the playoffs. Like they did enough early in the season. Look at the early season schedule. They can do enough early in the season to be a 10-win team, 11-win team, and it's hard for me to knock them out. So I've gone back and forth on this. I'm landing on the side that the Patriots make it because I trust them more in clutch time than I do some of the other teams that will be in the wild card spot. And with that sound from Get Up, this is Get Up, Get Down. Sponsors, give us a call if you want to sponsor this segment. They get up in the morning, so we get down here in the afternoon. I don't believe in this Patriots team if they don't get it together. And I know it's crazy to say because we're still talking about Bill Belichick and people consider him the greatest coach for obvious reasons, Drew. But if this team does have these viable concerns on offense and then you're talking about a loaded AFC and a division that has, I think, gotten better. I realize the Jets are there, but it, that has gotten better overall. This could mean trouble for a postseason for New England. I'm with you, Amber. I think uh, if it weren't for the Jets, I would say the Patriots will finish last in this division. And Maybe in the AFC, the Jets will be the only team worse than the Patriots this year. I don't want to overreact to the training camp stuff, but I'm going to do it. (laughs) I'm going to overreact to the training camp stuff because they don't have an offensive coordinator. And I hear what Sam is saying. They made the playoffs last year. They were an average offense last year. They were 15th in the league in total offense. It doesn't sound like they'll be average this year. It sounds like they'll be well below that. Uh, And this is not the same dominant Patriots defense we've seen under Belichick that was on the other side of Tom Brady, especially early in his career when they were winning those Super Bowls. Super concerning stuff for the Patriots. I'm in a couple fantasy leagues. I will not be drafting any of them because this offense seems like a train wreck right now. They barely made the playoffs last year. They slipped in there because the Miami Dolphins coughed it up at the end of the season. Uh, But if you actually want to make a postseason and make a, a postseason run, then you have to have an offense that is functioning well. And it seems like right now that is not happening by all accounts in New England. So again, the reports coming out of New England is that this is the ugliest right now that the offense has looked. It looks like a mess and a disaster. We will see if that changes before the regular season begins. Coming up next on Canty and Carlin, there is another AFC stalwart that is actually getting some good news when it comes to their offense. That is after I tell you about this word from Indeed. If you're having a hard time hiring in no time, you need Indeed, the number one source for hires in the U.S., according to Talent Nest. Sponsor a job, and Indeed will help you attract, interview, and hire candidates fast. With Instant Match, you'll instantly receive a short list of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. You can easily schedule and conduct virtual interviews all from one place. Visit Indeed.com slash credit to get $75 towards your first sponsored jobs. Terms and conditions may apply. Get started at Indeed.com slash credit. Yo, check this out from Canty and Carlin. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! 
The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Could the quarterback competition in Pittsburgh be heating up? This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Canty and Carlin's presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Amber Wilson and Drew Carter hanging out with you. You can tweet to him at Droodle25. You can tweet to me at Amber W Sport. So things have gotten interesting, Drew, in Pittsburgh for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, it's the first time since 2004 that it won't be Ben Roethlisberger under center for the Pittsburgh Steelers in week one of the regular season. We don't exactly know who's going to be under center for week one. We thought that it was most likely to be Mitchell Trubisky, who was basically brought in for that role and to kind of spark a quarterback competition, maybe with Mason Rudolph, who has still has one year left on his deal in Pittsburgh. But then they drafted Kenny Pickett. And this is where things have gotten interesting for the Steelers because, Drew, I'm not sure anybody imagined that Kenny Pickett would be ready to start right away. But it's starting to get to a point where maybe, maybe it's not so crazy to think about. Here is Brooke Breyer, ESPN Steelers reporter on Barton Hahn, earlier discussing the Trubisky versus Kenny Pickett battle. Long game with Pickett here. I think you put Trubisky in there and he showed that he also has the mobility to run out of it. I think that he has poise also. But I think that you can afford to be a little bit patient with Kenny Pickett. Yes, he's 24 years old, but maybe that patience doesn't mean wait until 2023 to play him. But I think just see how things start out. If it if it's not working with Mitch, then go to Pickett. But that offensive line, man, I it feels like for the last two years I've been saying, well, it can't get any worse. <laughs> this offensive line was not good. And yet somehow the – the same or seem to take a step back, which I didn't think was possible. Yeah, they already spent something like $41 million on just multiple guys on that line this offseason. Every year, like Brooke said, it seems like they're trying to shore up that line and it hasn't worked. And she went on on Barton Hahn to say maybe that's also one of the reasons that they'd be a little bit more cautious with starting Kenny Pickett. But she did say that if we had asked her a few days ago, she would have said there's no possibility. And at this point, that there's at least somewhat of a possibility because of how good Kenny Pickett has looked that he would be the starter week one, Drew. Yeah, so Kenny cold one from Pittsburgh is is building momentum, gaining steam. Uh, Six of seven for 76 yards and a touchdown in the preseason game against the Jags the other day. Pretty good stuff. I know it's Mm -hmm. preseason. I know it's the Jags. I know not even all their starters were playing. But Kenny Pickett has looked awesome. And I, I like what Brooks said there about his age. He's 24, so you know you use a first-round pick on this guy, and you want to get as much as you possibly can out of him. They just had Ben Roethlisberger as their starter for two decades, and they haven't finished sub-500 in forever. I say go for it. I mean, when is the offensive line going to be good enough to feel confident throwing him out there? Brooke just said that she thought that the offensive line couldn't possibly worse be worse from year to year, and it somehow is. It's not like Kenny Pickett is a statue back there. I mean, remember in the ACC championship, he 
hit the fake slide and created an entirely new rule in college football because he is a very athletic guy and he is very mobile. Maybe not quite as much as Mitch Trubisky, but I feel like the roster is pretty good around them aside from the offensive line. And you might as well go for it because, you know, we know what the ceiling is with Mitch Trubisky. The Bears went 12 and 4 one year with Trubisky as their starting quarterback. And I don't think anyone had any confidence that they would win multiple playoff games because of him. They went 12 and 4 despite him, not because of him. So if you're Pittsburgh and you've still got a pretty good infrastructure, you've got a great coach, obviously, and Mike Tomlin, who again never finishes sub 500, I say go for it because. Pickett is more of an unknown at this point, and I think that's actually better than the known you have with Mitch Trubisky. But Drew, Trubisky held Josh Allen's clipboard, and he (laughs) revitalized his career, apparently, standing on the sidelines of Buffalo. I understand what you're saying. The one part of your statement that I'll disagree with is that they have a pretty good team otherwise. Because, I mean, they lost, what, three of their four uh, top pass catchers, that O-line, even though they did spend that $41 million on James Daniels and Mason Cole, that O-line has still looked atrocious yes. in at least the preseason and training camp so far. And so it does feel like the Steelers team has taken a step back. I know this is a Steelers team that finished with a winning record last season, but they also lost some horrendous games by double digits. I think they had four double digit losses last season. The wins that they had, they kind of just eked out those wins. And it feels like this could be an uphill battle for Mike Tomlin, who I think is arguably the best coach in the NFL. So I guess if you're evaluating when to start the rook, when to start the new guy on the team, it would be maybe kind of let all of those other problems have a few weeks. I I ultimately agree with you. I don't think the Steelers are going to have much to lose this season by turning the keys over to Kenny Pickett. I just think that if you do it too soon and then that decision looks bad, that's a hard decision to undo. Where if you start with Trubisky, it's a lot easier to go from Trubisky to the guy who's supposed to be your future in the hometown kid in Kenny Pickett than it is to go from Pickett and go back to Mason Rudolph or to Mitchell Trubisky. At that point, it would feel like you're taking a step backwards and harming your future. Well, first of all, let's just agree, Amber, to not say Mason Rudolph for the rest of this segment that's fair we, uh, that's we can fine. he I, actually I, has looked okay he's uh, he's looked pretty good in okay, preseason too okay. like you could argue all three of these guys have no. actually looked pretty good no in the preseason i can go the rest of my life without hearing the name mason rudolph i'll be just fine i've watched him play in the nfl plenty for one lifetime it's true here's the thing fair. though if you go in saying oh well if, if trubisky's not good we'll just pull him and, and play the rookie anyway then why not just rip the band-aid off to start think about how much that city loves kenny pickett played at pittsburgh Obviously, he has embraced that city. I think that if Trubisky starts and struggles, which he probably will. We're talking about Mitch Trubisky here. He's not going to be perfect. We know that. If he struggles, people are going to be getting their pitchforks going downtown in Pittsburgh and saying, start the rookie. They drafted this guy in the first round for a reason. I think you might as well just do it and start him because Like I said, the offensive line, it's been a problem for years now. When will you feel comfortable enough starting this guy? Is it going to be next year? Is it going to be two years from now, three years from now? Who knows? And I think the skill position guys are pretty good. Najee Harris was amazing as a rookie. He's a first-round pick in fantasy this year. Deontay Johnson, a really solid number one receiver. Chase Claypool, pretty quiet last year, but expect him to bounce back this year. Pat Fryermuth is a pretty good tight end. George Pickens, this rookie out of Georgia they drafted, he's been turning heads. I feel like the pieces around Kenny Pickett are good enough to to throw him in there and say, go ahead, Rook, get us to the playoffs, because I think he can. 
Well, the offense running through Najee Harris, I think, would go a long way in that regard. And I do think Najee Harris is uh, capable of that. But it would be a tall ask to have Kenny Pickett start his career under center week one against the Cincinnati Bengals, which is who they have on their schedule for week one. They also have the Buffalo Bills that they face within the first five games of the season. Not an easy schedule up front for the Steelers team. Coming up next, Drew asked when the Steelers will start Kenny Pickett. We'll answer that question and so much more. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. You can't miss Canty and Carlin, pound for pound, the biggest show on ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Amber Wilson and Drew Carter hanging out with you here on Canty and Carlin. Give us a call, 888-SAY-ESPN. Now, we are the hosts of Canty and Carlin today, but the mastermind of Canty and Carlin is one Evan Wilner. And Evan Wilner, our executive producer, comes up. Please don't put that kind of pressure on me. With all sorts of fun segments. He has come up with a new one. I haven't even done that. I've hosted this show more than Canty and Carlin have hosted the show. (laughs) And I've never even done this segment that Evan has just come up with. So the latest brainchild of Evan Wilner is fill in the blank. Let's do it, Evan. Yeah, and before all the, like, KJM listeners, like, we did do this on KJM when I I produced that show. And so I don't want people, like, coming after me. Like, I stole ideas. Like, this is an idea that... it was like, your brainchild then. It was and now then, you and I, the I brought it to afternoons. You're and, more awake for this segment now, yeah. so it'll it'll feel different to yep. the listener than it did back then. Yeah, usually the fill in the blank is me filling things in my brain because it goes blank that early. Anyway, right. here we go. New QBs in new places. So I'll ask you. Uh, I'll give you a statement about a new quarterback who's a veteran, not rookie, in a new place, and you'll give me the answer. So this one's really about Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky will be replaced by Kenny Puckett in week blank. Amber. I will say that he will be replaced by Kenny Pickett in week six. I'll say after that Buffalo game, maybe they'll replace him and move on to Kenny Pickett for the future, even though Pickett has looked really good in the preseason so far. I'm just not sure there's a rush. He is the future of that franchise, though it appears, and certainly they hope so. Mitch Trubisky will be replaced by Kenny Pickett in week four of the preseason, Evan, of the preseason. He will be the starting quarterback in the opener for the Steelers. All right. Russell Wilson and the Broncos will finish blank in the AFC West. True. I really want to say first, because that'd be fun. I mean, it's such a loaded division. I will say second, but not behind the team you think. I think Chargers one, Broncos two, Chiefs three. Still making the playoffs. Raiders four. But it's, it's such a tough one to predict, Amber. 
Uh, I'm actually going to say they're going to finish last. Oh. I think that, yes, I think this division answer. is either going to be won by the Chiefs or the Chargers. I want to put the Chargers at the top of that division just based on the roster alone, uh, but the Chiefs definitely cannot be counted out by any means. I also will put the Raiders. I'll edge out the Raiders above the Come Broncos. On. I've never fully believed that the Broncos were just a quarterback away. I guess we're about to find out. And see also what Russell Wilson looks like in a new uniform because we're not seeing it this preseason, even though he's on an entirely new team. Evan? All right, Marcus Mariota played pretty well last night uh, against the Jets in that first half of the Falcons-Jets game on ESPN last night. So Marcus Mariota will win blank games for the Falcons, Amber. So I'm looking at the Falcons' schedule, and it is atrocious. I mean, it's it's bad. <laughs> it like was the, last New year. Orleans, Rams... Seattle, I mean, Seattle maybe. Okay, so maybe he'll get one there. Uh, Cleveland, Tampa, San Francisco, Cincinnati. I mean, it is ugly, ugly, ugly. I'm seeing uh, there is a Chicago on here, so maybe there, like maybe a Washington. I'll say that Marcus Mariota will win them. Man, I am struggling to find four games, but I'll go four. (laughs) Oh. That is a really tough one. When you said the schedule is atrocious, Amber, I thought you were going the other way and say that the teams on it are bad because that was the case last year when the Falcons won seven games. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a tough schedule this year, and they're going to be really bad. Let's have some fun. Fill in the blank. Marcus Mariota will win zero games for the Falcons this year. And Desmond Ritter will take over the starting job and maybe win a couple down the street. Oh, I see what you did there. I might reduce mine to three. Yeah. Okay, Baker Mayfield named the starter of the Panthers. He'll start week one against the Browns. So, Baker Mayfield will be the, will be the Panthers' starting quarterback for blank seasons. Amber? Uh, I will say that he will be the starting quarterback for a season. Now, I actually think that Baker could revitalize his career here in Carolina to some extent. But the problem is, I don't know how healthy Christian McCaffrey is going to stay. There are question marks on this Panthers team. And I think this is going to end up being Matt Rule's last season. And if it's Matt Rule's last season and they clean house at the top, then they're probably going to want to move on whoever comes in and find their own QB of the future or maybe turn things over to Matt Corral if he's healthy by then. So I'll say one season in Carolina. Yeah, I don't mind it, Amber. I think it could go one of two ways. I don't really think there's a middle ground here. Either Baker Mayfield is better than we saw in Cleveland, and especially last year when he was dealing with a shoulder injury, and now he's out of the cesspool that is Cleveland. Maybe things go better for him. Maybe he's a starter for the next five, ten years. I could see that happening. I could also see what you said, uh, but because it's fell in the blank, and just, just to be opposite, I'll say the next five seasons. I like this question so much I'm going to ask it again. Carson Wentz will be the commander's quarterback for the next blank seasons, Drew. Uh, half? Am I allowed to go fraction here? Half? <laughs> uh, I'm already going blistering takes with Desmond Ritter taking over for Marcus Mariota. Give me Sam Howell starting for Washington wow. and replacing Carson Wentz. I am overreact to the preseason guy, obviously, but Sam Howell has looked amazing in the preseason. I think at some point this year, Howell can take over that job. I'll say a season. I'll give Wentz one more season before we finally realize that 2017 was an anomaly. And we finally accept it five years later. Uh, but I do think that, that he'll, get, he'll get a season in Washington. I think that'll be about it. All right, last new quarterback in new place. It's Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan can lead the Colts to the blank, Amber. To a good postseason run. I don't think Matt Ryan is – I don't think this Colts team is winning a Super Bowl. I'm not even going to 
have them winning a conference championship and a completely loaded conference, but uh, sure, they could make the postseason. I mean, that's really as as far as I'll take it, honestly. I, I do think Matt Ryan is an upgrade for them at quarterback. Uh, I'm a fan of Matty Ice, but you are talking about a quarterback in his late 30s. Matt Ryan can lead the Colts to the promised land. Evan, you phrased it as can. You phrased it as can. They can win the Super Bowl. Probably got a top five defense in the league, top five offensive line, best running back in football as of now, great wideout in Michael Pittman. I'm curious, Amber, what would you have said about Matthew Stafford last year? He could lead the Rams to what? Uh, well, obviously Super Bowl. I would have yeah. called it um, clearly. I yes, yes. uh, would have called it uh, with the uh, with the with the value of hindsight. Right. I mean, no way for you to prove otherwise. <laughs> I absolutely would have said that they're winning a Super Bowl. No, but with the with the Rams, it's a little different because it's like, all right, Jared Goff can get you to a Super Bowl. So if you can do it, Jared Goff. Yeah. And I always felt like Matthew Stafford was an underrated player. Now I feel the same way about Matt Ryan. I mean, I think Matt Ryan is an incredibly competent player. I don't think this Colts team is the same as that Rams team, and so I think that that is the difference there. Oh, we got I some time. Yeah. We got some time here for some bonus ones. Ready? Ooh, Tara- Evan Wilder, ready with the bonus. Fill in the blanks. Yeah, let's go back to like what we asked with Trubisky and Pickett. Terod Taylor will replace Daniel Jones in week blank. Drew. Oh, let's go. First of all, you're going Terod Taylor, yeah, not Tyron. Terod. It's Terod Taylor. Terod Taylor. That, that's official. Okay. No, it's it, it depends who you ask. By the way, whether it's Terod or Tyrod, we have determined. I said on air the other day that I think it depends if he starts or not. <laughs> Whether he goes by Tyrod or Tyrod. If he has the superpower of being the starting quarterback. Um, If he's a starter, we'll call him whatever he wants to be called. I will say he will not replace him because uh, I'm a believer in Brian Dayball, the Giants' new head coach, and I think Danny Dimes could work out this year. What do do you think, Amber? Uh, No, I I think that he will (laughs) replace him. I think that maybe he'll replace him pretty early. Uh, I know Daniel Jones had a decent game uh, in the preseason, what, preseason game two, uh, overshadowed, obviously, by an injury there uh, to Thibodeau. But I I think that we're going to move on from Daniel Jones at some point, even though Brian Dable's system, Dable also is installing a system that's a complicated one. So there's that that he has to deal with. But I think the writing was on the wall there when they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. Coming up next here on Canty and Carlin, how did one MTA NBA team go from pretender to contender? That's next. Check out Canty and Carlin weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus.